If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. And today's quote open comes courtesy of an article um, that was for Harper's Bazaar. They interviewed Charlize Theron, the Oscar winner. And in this article, she spoke about her struggles with getting um, funding for movies. And I think her, I'll read her direct quote. It says, I feel like I'm at a place where it is what it is. Working more isn't, I think, going to change my level of fame. It just has always been a mediocre ride. I've never been one of those people that's at Kim Kardashian's level, but I feel like it's just always been this thing. And so what she says is like, she doesn't feel that she's at the right level of fame to get funding for her film. So what I was like was, I guess I shouldn't say, is she telling the truth? I'm not going to dispute her truth, but um, could it be something else prohibiting her? Um, and then kind of just if Charlie Snaren can't get the film, the funding to make a film, you know, how does this, what does this say for people that aren't as famous as she is? And does she really need to be Kardashian famous? So. Yeah, I think part of it is um, while she is known among film goers and movie enthusiasts i think people may not know her instantly but i feel like they would i don't know that's what i was saying i was just like she has a recognizable face she's kind of a household name i mean i don't know the whole whole quote about her not being as famous as kim kardashian i was like "Uh, you know i'm not sure about that Uh, i just think kim is more to a more younger crowd universally where Charlize, you know, she's she is sort of like a Hollywood veteran now, so there might be a generation that's not so familiar with her. Um, I think it's more not her fame, but probably just the industry as a whole. She is a woman. Absolutely. And depending on what the type of story she wants to tell, there could be process where people don't think... um, she's worthy of the caliber of what she wants to make or that she's not a good film maker like all all those things could be in the way right so yeah that's crazy she would say that but you know the industry still hasn't really reckoned with women behind the scenes um no matter your real level um so it's interesting for her to say, but I, I could definitely believe that there's still barriers and people are trying to hold on to the old vices of Hollywood. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, I, I guess it depends on the project she's making too. Like you have to say that, like they just can't get money away, but um, I don't know. I, I thought that was really interesting. I, the, the the Obviously she's got a much more important important quote in there talking about you know, just trying to get film funding, but that whole thing of she doesn't see herself as famous as Kim Kardashian. I was like, ah. but yeah. yeah, it's just a different type of fame. Like Kim's fame is money, whereas Charlie's is a craft linked to money. It's not like Charlie's gets on Instagram and exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? It's, it's a different process. So right, she's. Kim Kardashian is a much more everyday name. You see her everywhere. She's on the Facebook, not Facebook, but Instagram, you know, social media, like you said. And mm-hmm. when Charlie's theorem pops up, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, we know who she is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but very interesting sort of view from her perspective um, yeah. from the in- industry. Yeah. Biggest headlines for the past week. Um, first up, uh, I guess in dramatic fashion, the lawsuit that was brought against Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears has been dropped by the Jane Doe. Um, people seem surprised, but I wasn't because initially she just wanted Haddish to pay for her and her brother's therapy in regards to the allegations she had made. And when Tiffany, I guess, refused they brought the lawsuit and exposed right. the crime that allegedly was committed given that there was video proof and whatnot. So 
You should have just paid her the money in the first place. Right, absolutely. I was um, kind of caught off guard by that. I was caught off guard by the initial thing, but then that, I was like, wait, what? Like, that was quick. Yeah. So, and, and it, I mean, it did happen years ago, and it was detailed and everything. They had some type of relationship before this incident, so it's, it's a very wild predicament. Um. I know TMZ called with Tiffany and she said, I guess jokingly, she had lost all her projects, which isn't true. Like she's still working, but she's definitely going to have to be more cautious in the next coming months. Aries, he can go to hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he didn't have much of a reputation, but he's definitely taken his own name through the dirt in this past few months. So, yeah. So, um, best of luck to Jane Doe and her brother and that family. And hopefully this is a learning experience. I don't, I don't know. It's just yeah. crazy. Um, and then in light of don't worry, darling, earning $19 million at the box office this weekend, nice. which to me was an underperformance given the hype of this film. Right. And, um, and, oh, and Oh, no. And I was just going to say, I, I just felt like with Harry Styles connected to it, that this was just going to do numbers. Like his little uh, minions were going to run out in full force and see it. But I guess that did not happen. Right. Well, one, the reviews were atrocious. So oh, yeah, that's very true. That's helped a lot of people. But we did get some insight on the alleged feud between Florence Pugh and director Olivia Wilde. Um, after so much back and forth and Pugh not being on the press tour for the film and arriving late to the premiere, it was revealed allegedly that Pew and Wilde got into a heated yelling match on set after mm -hmm. Pew became frustrated with Olivia disappearing from the set constantly. And as director, you kind of have to be there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not and, sure where else that went. Yeah, and then... I saw some of the day where like 40 cast members came out and refuted these claims or something. I'm just like, what's the, did you stop? Right. We know something was, was absolutely was off because I saw two separate incidents from black actors in the show, in the film that said most of their content was cut. Right. Uh, yeah. Including Kiki Lane, who is a, a wonderful actress, upcoming actress and says she was limited. All her scenes basically got cut to one pivotal scene, I guess. Which I had a feeling like from the trailer, they were going to do her dirty anyway. Right, right. So I guess it's a success. Um, I, I, I have heard that it's just not a good movie. Florence is great, but it's sort of like old tropes. Um, yeah. And Harry doesn't help. Right, right. And then over in the sports world, um, the Celtics coach, uh, how do you say his name? I think it's M.A. Udoka. Udoka. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. M.A. Udoka, who took the Boston Celtics to uh, the Eastern Finals last year, <laughs> um, yeah. has been suspended, suspended for the season after it came out that he was having a affair with a female uh colleague a part of the Celtics organization yeah um and then there are some other rumors things of that nature that make it seem that it was more than just an affair that possibly wasn't consensual at all given the power dynamics and other alleged activities so you're right yeah that because for it to be a that long that's that's nuts yeah and it was kind of crazy the way the story came out um first it was he's facing suspension for inappropriate behavior then it was he was masturbating in the locker room which i was like wait what okay then it was I saw something about, oh, he's on drugs and assaulted someone while on the substance. He's going to rehab. Sure. Then it, it came it came out that there was a consensual affair and then it came out that it wasn't consensual. And 
all this other jazz. So, and now this at first, you know, it was people were like, oh, well, you know, he cheated. That's that's different. But then, yeah, you hear one year and it's like, oh, hold on a second. Right. You don't get suspended a year for some for cheating. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if they ever, well, I don't think it matters if they have to identify the woman or not, but allegedly this woman often made travel plans for not only him, but his um, longtime fiance, Nia Long. Oh, wow. So she knew of her, clearly, like who doesn't know of Nia Long? Um, I didn't realize her and the coach have been together since 2010. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Honestly, I didn't know until this broke that they were even together. Like, genuinely, I was like, oh, okay. Right, right. Like, he got hired, and it was like, Nia Long's boyfriend. So, oh, right. okay. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> but, yeah, they've been engaged for 13 years. So, <laughs> And finally, some good news sports-related. After thinking that uh, Taylor Swift was going to perform at the Super Bowl, the NFL announced and confirmed that Rihanna will be the only girl on the field in next year's Super Bowl, so that should be exciting. Yeah, I think it'll be really good. I, uh, she's the right person for it. She's got the right type of songs, the good voice, and yeah, she'll. I think she'll do well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. She she has the hits, so should be a, a fun time down memory lane since she hasn't had an album since twenty fifteen, something like that. Whenever Anti came out. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's around there. It's it's been too long. Yeah, a lot of folks <laughs> didn't believe she's going to show up and do music for one thing. Um, that's neither here nor there. So we'll be prepared. No telling who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, a little early to tell, but we'll be watching the halftime show. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then we lost a uh, jazz legend, Pharaoh Sanders. Um, I probably was familiar with him, but for some reason seeing that name did not strike anything for me. Yeah, and I'm sure that's a lot of people. Um, a lot of people are doing the same thing. He was around at the same time as as Coltrane and uh, those guys. You know, he was well. He was 81, so he's maybe a little bit younger than they would have been, but. Um, yeah, he came from Arkansas, so he started there kind of in the south and went to Memphis and did all that before he got out to California, but he was kind of, he's a saxophonist and he's kind of, kind of different than the jazz, I think, what people associate jazz with, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just kind of a, a different sound and uh, did a lot with Alice Coltrane and I was kind of taken back that he passed away. I was like, oh man, but um, yeah, he's good. Very good and um, deserves all the praise he's getting these past few days. That's good. I'll definitely have to look him up. Yeah. But RIP to him, especially a, a week after we lost the um, Ramsey, Ramsey Lewis as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, we're losing like another set of legends. It's very... Yeah. That's true. Very strange, but it's inevitable. Inevitable. That's our West News, and it brings us to our feature presentation. All right, this past weekend, Netflix had its annual To Doom events. That's the way they pronounce it, not To Dumb. So that's why I'll say it. Um, it's Netflix global event where they preview all their upcoming titles um, in TV and film. It was a two-hour YouTube stream. Um, and I was surprised it happened even after, you know, the news broke that they had fired a bunch of people from that department. Yeah, so I guess, day. yeah, I guess they're doing more with less or figuring out. I don't know, but some exciting titles were uh, showcased and previewed. We'll go with the films first. Um, Billy Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. Of Stranger Things fame is returning in Enola Holmes 2 uh, as the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes and becoming a detective in her own right. Did you watch the first one? Oh, hold on. Uh, I think I caught like an episode. Okay. And that yeah, I, know the, 
I, oh my bad i know the gist i know what's going on but no yeah yeah it comes out november 4th um uh co-stars henry cavill as her older brother sherlock okay uh then coming in 2023 starring gal gadot and the name is slipping me oh jamie dornan and Al ali abat is heart yeah. of stone this is supposed to be a spy thriller excuse me, oh, excuse me. sorry a spy thriller with Godot as a a spy. Um, it was just like a first look thing. It looked pretty interesting. It was nice to see her in something other than Wonder Woman action-wise. Um, I'm not sure if people were fans of Red Notice, but I do like Jamie Dornan, so I might yeah. try that. He's always pretty good. Definitely. Um, next, we have a sequel to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, and this was directed by Gina uh, Prince-Bythewood. I really like the first one, um, based on the comic about these immortal warriors who fight for good throughout the centuries of the world. <clears throat> um, that's coming next year. It definitely set up for more in the first one, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, then they had Jason Momoa in Slumberland. This looks like a fantastical film where a young girl discovers sort of like a dream world where Momoa is the ringleader or whatnot, and they go into some adventure. So like a different tone for him as he's getting to like his like family film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then they had Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon announce their upcoming rom-com Your Place or Mine which drops February 10th of next year. And I don't know any more about it. That's all I said. That could be good. People are always wanting uh, rom-com, so. Definitely. And people love Reese. And Ashton's been gone for a while, so it might be a nice reprise for him. Uh, then there's a documentary, The Redeem Team which chronicles uh, Team USA's 2008 Olympic gold medal run for the basketball. Um, it looks really good. Um, they've got, you know, clips of uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Paul Gasol, um, Carmelo Anthony discussing the time there, um, as well as old clips and interviews with Kobe Bryant, who was sort of like the leader of that team. So um, I don't, uh, it's, oh, it's not going to be the level of the last dance, but it's going to be, be a point in time in NBA history to sort of revisit, especially with Kobe now gone. Um, yeah, yeah. Then we got a preview for a film that was supposed to come out this year. Uh, it was coming out May of next year, The Mother, starring Jennifer Lopez, um, to where all we know is that she's playing an assassin. So... There were scenes of her in like a cabin in the winter wilderness doing pull-ups and pulling out a rifle with a scope and things of that nature. So yeah, she could be back on like her uh, out of sight slash enough type yeah. vibe there. Enough was a banger. <laughs> yeah. But anytime that comes on, I'm like, yeah, like I watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there was an Indian, I think it was a series. Netflix is definitely getting into like their international bag. Okay. Um, it's called Guns and Gulabs. I didn't really know what was going on, but it looked like a mix of like a act comedic action thriller almost. So hopefully there's more about that. Yeah. Uh and then I don't know how this happened, but Extraction 2 is coming. Oh, <laughs> next year um i really enjoyed the first one with chris hemsworth as a mercenary who's sort of like doing his final mission protecting a young son of a drug lord um i thought spoiler alert he has died in the first one that's sort of what viewers were shown so yeah. i'm not sure how he survived but I'm here here to see how it goes. This was produced by um, the Russo brothers. It was a pretty decent first film. Okay. Um, and then finally, the one I'm really excited about is 
they clone Tyrone, which stars Jamie Foxx, Tiana Parrish, and John Boyega. Uh, three sort of random African-Americans who discover some type of conspiracy that the government has on cloning Black people. It's giving strong, like, undercover brother vibes. <laughs> yeah. The trailer was hilarious. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely be tuning to that. Coming soon, I don't know if that means later this year or early next year, but uh, definitely look into that. One of the many films Boyega has in his arsenal for this year. And then we move into the television, which I think bodes better for Netflix. Like their movies are hit and miss. Um but they tune to do better with the TV series. Uh, Bridgerton season three is coming. Um, it didn't have a trailer, but there was like a first look with two of the actors discussing uh, their characters. And then um, the actress plays Penelope, AKA the mysterious lady Winterbottom, uh, previewed some of the first episodes. So did you watch any of Bridgerton? Uh, I watched some of the first season, so yeah. Yeah, I watched season one mainly because of um, uh, what's his face, the Duke. Yeah, um, Reggie. Re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I found he was in season two, I was like, then why am I watching? Yeah. So, uh, season three will be coming sometime next year. But later this year, we will get the prequel series that will shine a light on the origins of Queen Charlotte. So that's called Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. They showed a quick clip from there. Um, so that is just expanding the Bridgerton franchise for the streamer. Uh, sometime next year, we'll get season two of Shadow and Bone. This was a fantasy series based on a young adult book. Um, I couldn't really get into the first season. It seemed interesting, but I was kind of like young adult out right then. Um, but... With the four new cast members, they are adding um, Louis Tan to the, to the cast. Oh, wow. Okay. So I might be interested by then. Um, but the cast is really strong. Ben Barnes uh, of the Punisher fame uh, is in here as a villain. So it could be interesting. I may revisit it before season two. Now, I have not watched a lick of this series, but I may tune in on November 9th for the fifth season of The Crown. Um, They have Elizabeth Debicki and Dominic West in the roles of Princess Diana and Prince Charles, and the fifth season will chronicle the unraveling of their marriage and eventual divorce. Yeah, I've seen so many pictures of Elizabeth Debicki as uh, Princess Diana, so I'm finally, I'm ready to just see that. Ouch you know come to life so yeah it's it's probably be the most successful season of ratings wise because for anyone who hasn't followed the royal family they know princess diana like it's just right such a, a major part in their history um and the 10 episode season is allegedly to end that fateful night in 1997 uh, regarding the car crash that took her life. Um, so definitely get into the nitty gritty. Um, fans of Emily in Paris can expect season three to come. That's all I got for that. Uh, and then November 23rd, Tim Burton's Wednesday arrives. And this is his return to the Adams family lore. We have Jenna Ortega, who's playing the role as the eldest child of the Adams family. And we follow Wednesday as she changes from public school to the Nevermore Academy, where she her pupils are other witches, sorcerers, goops, ghouls, and goblins, and such of that nature. Um, but while there, she discovers a old murder mystery that's connected to her, her parents' past. So it looks pretty good. And I really love Jenna Ortega. She's one of the best new actors, um, young actresses on the scene right now. Um, For Manifest fans, uh, season four arrives November 4th. This was the canceled series at NBC that Netflix picked up. Um, 
I just felt it was too cheesy. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like that soapy sci-fi. Yeah. I'm sure you can catch on without commercials. I think that's why it did so well um, after it got canceled and younger viewers binged it. But um, maybe I'll watch after it's over. But the first part of season four arrives November 4th. Then sometime next year, we will get the return of Weiss and Benoff the creators of Game of Thrones with their new series, Three Body Problem. This is based on a science fiction novel by a Chinese author, and I forget his name, but um, this project's Lu Xin, I probably said that incorrectly, but um, this project had been gestating for a good few years. Um, after they left HBO and decided, well, were dropped from the Star Wars film. This has been their main focus. Um, and it's been met with quite a bit of controversy. Um, I believe the Chinese Republic even had some things to say regarding them bringing this adaptation to life. So yeah, okay. it should be interesting to see um, how they do post Game of Thrones. Uh, we get the fourth season of Never Have I Ever sometime next year. That's the uh, teen comedy drama. Um, and they'll be adding uh, Love Victor's Michael uh, Cimino to that series. Then we'll be seeing Noah Centineo, who was famous for All the Boys I Loved Before in the new series, The Recruit, on December 16th about a young CIA recruit. So kind of forgot about him for a second. Yeah, he kind of he was like big and then he's has he's been working but nothing sort of stood out to me. He is in the new Black Adam movie. So he's still out there but I don't know what it was. It was like he exploded and then sort of like embered off. Yeah, just faded away. Yeah. Um, then they talked a little bit more about Kid Cudi's, uh, Intergalactic. This is like a limited series, um, animated sort of black love story starring him and, uh, Jennifer Williams. No, not Jennifer Williams. Jessica Williams. Yeah. That drops on September 30th. That looks really good. Um, I really like Cudi's acting, um, and sort of like his artistic perspective, outside of music so and he's been decent in everything i watch so yeah i think the first thing i saw him in was uh oh god was it was it like how to make it in new york or whatever what's the name of the show yeah how to make it in america yeah that's it in america yeah short-lived season well show in general um then we get the fourth season of you we got the first look of uh pin badgley's joe who has sort of left America and all his trauma to find uh, the elusive Marianne um, over in Europe. They showcased all the new characters in sort of like a short video. Um, and I'm guessing that will come either later this year or next year. So hopefully it's the last season. I don't see how much more they can go with this scenario. But I enjoy the show. Then we get The Watcher on October 31st. This is a limited series from Ryan Murphy, uh, starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale. It's based on a true story about a mysterious uh, stalker who sort of terrorizes this family um, in this new home. Also co-stars Jennifer Coolidge and a few other people. I think Ann Dowd's in it, if I'm not mistaken. But it was based on a true story, which I had no idea. Hmm, okay. Um, says, after the Brannock family moves into what was supposed to be their suburban dream home, it quickly becomes a living hell. On ominous letters from someone calling themselves the Watcher are just beginning yes. as the neighborhood's sinister secrets come spilling out. If you haven't, read... Oh, th there's a story. It's a long read. I think it's New York Times that came out maybe four or five years ago. And it is, it is terrifyingly creepy. And I doubt this movie is going to do it justice, but 
um, the the written story is so absolutely insane. Oh yes, yeah, I know what that is now. Okay, yeah, I had never heard about it. Oh, but that's crazy. I'm definitely interested. Um, something for Halloween, definitely. Um, then Witcher fans, we get the prequel series on December twenty fifth, The Witcher Blood Origin. I've never watched The Witcher, but this has Michelle Yao in it, so I might tune in. It's a limited series. And then the proper Witcher returns for season three next year. Hmm. Uh, and then finally, we get part three of Lupin next year, starring uh, Omar Sy. I really like that show. Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's good. So Lupin in part three has gone into hiding. Um, after the events of the second uh, part of the series. So we'll see how that picks up. And then finally, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellari, I said that wrong. I'm trying to say it from in memory. Linda Cardellini. Cardellini, thank you. <laughs> Return in the final season of Dead to Me on November 17th. This show I never got to start. I don't know why, but I just never started, but it, it looks really good. And yeah, that was the To Doom events. Um, anything stand out on that list in particular, like must watches for you or? Um, definitely Lupin, like you said. Uh, Kid Cudi's Intergalactic, very interested in that. Um, mm, that's honestly... That, I'll, you, yeah, I'll watch you, and uh, I kind of hate-watched the first season of Emily in Paris, so maybe I'll pick up the second one and <laughs> be ready for the third. We'll see. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, you, um, they call him Tyrone, Lupin. I'm going to check out Wednesday for Ortega and maybe The Crown. I don't know if I'll be able to binge four seasons before that especially since folks are like the early seasons are a bit boring yeah <laughs> but um yeah hopefully this gets me back into netflix because i just haven't really been on their bandwagon as of late right yeah same here there's just so much other stuff on but um maybe this will bring me back to the fold Right now, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with our streams of the week. Welcome back, and we'll get into our streams of the week for 9-18 to the 24th. Um, let's start with our uh, mutual watches. We had House of the Dragon on Sunday. Um, this would have been episode six, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yes. Entitled... The Princess and the Queen, or the Queen and the Princess. I hope I think something like that. Uh, this is the first episode where um, our two leads, Princess Rhaenyra and Queen Allison, were aged up. Um, ten years have have passed. Um, their children have arrived, and the seed of descent between them is growing. So, uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. It was, how would I say, it? it was a kind of a different pace. I'm not sure if you felt that. Just kind of, I feel like we got more information. Um, um I, I, and as somebody that didn't watch the show from the jump, like the regular original Game of Thrones, I, I kind of find myself really immersed in this world now and I, I don't know if that's something that everybody felt with the original show but um this show does a good job of like creating drama even though it's about fantasy and dragons and stuff like you you mm -hmm. kind of just like oh like this is oh i can't believe they did that or they did this or like yeah so uh, no i enjoyed it and uh, i'm enjoying the show altogether yeah the the real game of thrones like when you take away the violence and dragons and magic it really is like a dramatic saga of right. like 
backstabbing and play-by-play and political savvy. Um, And this episode definitely felt like a setup of all those things moving um, to sort of play the game, as you say. Um, I thought both actresses um, that are now Allison and Rhaenyra, Olivia Cook and what is her name? Olivia Cook is Allison and oh, it's a uh, oh Jesus! I'll get it. Hold on, I'm almost there. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm looking. Okay, that's not them. Come on, it's something Adcock, right? No, Emma Darcy. <laughs> Emma Darcy, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think they're not only look like the original young actors but are doing very well right um i hate christian like hate hate oh yeah yeah he's bitter and so jealous about not having renera to himself um and allison's being pumped up by her father is now like I don't know, unconsciously submitting, well, not unconsciously, she knows what she's doing to Rhaenyra, but the damage she's doing to the realm is she she doesn't realize how out of control she is, especially when she enlists um, the strong sibling to do her bidding, Laris, which was crazy. I not expect that from him. No, not at all. Yeah, it was definitely a wild episode. Um, and hats off to um, Lena Tar. Uh, well, what's her name? Well, I guess she'd be Targaryen. Yes. Um, I hate that she had to go out like that because she seemed to be like a great character, and honestly, one of the only black female characters in the entire franchise. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> She's literally the only one in her daughter. So I hated that she sort of we lost her already, but she she was in a bad predicament once again. Yeah, yeah there's just I think another thing that it's taken me a little bit getting used to is that there's so many storylines that like you have to um follow and keep track of and the names are throwing me but i am doing my best <laughs> yeah and it was it was even worse with game of thrones because the world was so much larger like in one episode you could be in three different countries right right whereas we're just in king's landing and maybe one other place for an hour which is a lot better it's a lot tighter to follow but yes it can be confusing um, the children, they all seem to be sort of oblivious to the true nature of their being. Yeah. Um, they just want to be kids. <laughs> and um, instead, you know, Allison sees her children as pawns to sort of win this game, um, which is unfortunate. Like, their their children will probably reap what they sow and then turn out to be as horrible as them as well so but i'm excited to see where the series goes with uh rhaenyra and lenor returning to dragonstone or driftmark where they went um finally leaving king's landing and then allison um not being able to control her sort of her unofficial hand here in uh lord laris yeah yeah, definitely a good episode. Um, for something completely different, are you caught up on reservation dogs? Yes, I am there. I am good with that. Let me just say I adore Paulina Alexis. Yeah. I think she's great. I mean, everyone's great, but her as Willie Jack, um, we don't get the same emotional dramatic acting from her all the time so when it happens it's so great to see right 
and we saw another part of her life where I believe this was her older sister. Yeah, that's what's funny. I couldn't figure out the dynamic either. I but, wasn't sure if it was like a sister or an aunt or what. Yeah, but I was I was thinking sister as well because. Yeah, she because she was like mom and dad are okay and blah blah blah. So it felt like that was her sister. Um, um, at the same time, you know, this this sort of familial moment of sort of reconnect her with her friends, it also spoke on sort of like the traumatic effect prison has on the family and how the the root the root purpose of it is to sort of destroy any family connections to sort of ruin your life. Yeah. I just thought it was really it, it does a great job at examining the social uh implications that indigenous people are still enduring um years later since based their genocide and enforced migration. Um and the scene with the prayer in the jail was was incredible. Yeah. And and I think it's really interesting in um just all cultures have it, but just how close they are to their ancestors. Yeah. It's really interesting to see and how it's played out in this show since, you know, episode one, essentially. So, um, yeah, it, it's funny how you, you get the cultural things that are happening. You get um, the societal things and just everything they have to go through on the reservation and where they live. And yeah, it's the show is so good. So well written. Very much so. All right, and then did you get to watch City on the Hill? Uh, no, I just left that to you. That was that was too much. Okay. Well, this week was the season finale. Um, it was good. I I don't know if they'll have another season. They could, um, given the way like each season is a different case. Right. Um, they definitely could. The way these characters wrap up. Um, there's definitely a story for both the Roar family um, and the Wards. So uh, if if Showtime's give it to them, I'll allow it. And I would welcome it as its last because I was I was surprised they even got the third season because the show is great, but I don't know who else <laughs> is watching. All right. And finally, um, Lord of the Rings. We had episodes five. Um, are you caught up there or? Yeah, no, I'm I'm caught up. I'm caught up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was called Partings, I believe. Um, I definitely had to watch it in two parts because the first half was a little slow. Yeah, oh, I'm right there with you. I think I paused it with like 15 minutes left, went to go do something, and then yeah, I came back. Yeah, I was watching it Friday, I think. Yeah. And then realized like I was like dozing off. Okay, let me just pause for the cause and came back. And finished it because the episodes are long. <laughs> They're long, and once again, you're following like four different stories, and it's just like, man, if y'all don't start stabbing people or something, like, <laughs> like damn, exactly. So you have, you know, your we'll start just the way the episode was. So you had the, um, what are they called? Right. Essentially, the hobbits, the Harefoots, or whatever, um. Nor Nori and her family, yeah. and who people think is Gandalf now, sort right. of making this pilgrimage and seeing how you know the unknown evil is sort of like decaying the country right. around them, and how um, the stranger sort of protects them from the wolves. Um, that part was not interesting. I'm sorry. It got drug out a little bit. Then you have uh, the elf and the dwarves. And let me make sure I get this right. The dwarves have discovered a certain uh, substance In that, yeah. right, that could potentially save the elves from the darkness that is coming because it's sort of eroding the light that sort of punishes their eternal life, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you have 
the humans of Namor um, who are getting ready to venture to Middle Earth to fight the encompassing evil. Um, you have the one guy who basically fumbled his chance to go to war and then sort of haphazardly rebounds because he stowed away on the ship and just happened to catch this guy trying to sabotage the boats. Right, right. And um, basically they're, they're, they're going off. Like uh, Galadria convinced them to join and stuff and the one guy is plotting behind them to sort of make man ruler of the elves once again eventually. I don't know how that's going to go for him. Um, the most interesting story is, of course, with the commoners in the Southlands, where um, we discover that I had no idea, like, the the orcs and humans, I guess, had once upon a time joined together. That's kind of what I got from it. I Look, I, I only watched the movies. I didn't read the book, so I don't know the ins and outs of everything, but um, yeah. So it seems like even this, um, I guess you say dark elf, I don't know if he was exiled or what, but he's sort of become the orcs yeah. leader. And instead of, you know, death, um, one man has decided to surrender to them and join forces because they feel like they have no other option. And back at the tower, uh, I don't know nobody's name. <laughs> yeah. The Puerto Rican elf and his the woman and Theo are sort of standing their ground um, to prepare the battle, but it's looking very ominous for them. Um, they discover the I don't know sword mantle key whatever that Theo has been hiding, um, and yeah, that's all I got. It's good. It's just a bit exhausting to sort of get through. Yeah. It, and I exact I agree. I and I try not to read reviews anyways, but when you go to Twitter or whatever, everybody's just bashing the show for the sake of getting the numbers down. And they don't like Morphic Clark who's playing uh Galadriel and they just I don't know. I like the show. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it's it feels very fantasy like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're expecting, like from from the script to the austacious like settings and right. production. Like this is like peak fantasy lore in action. So right. yeah. You can never keep these people happy. They're always upset. Exactly. That part. All right. Those are our mutual watches. Let's get into oh, did you watch where are you on industry? I almost forgot to ask. Uh, I haven't caught up, so okay, yeah, all right. Um, and then we'll get into the individual streamers here. Uh, for Netflix, I started Dahmer, and that's where I am right now. Yeah, uh, same thing. I didn't type it in, but I did get a little bit into it, and I will say it's maybe not what I expected. I expected it to be just like this is Jeffrey Dahmer; he's a sick and twisted man, but it's it's a little bit different than that to me. Right. Well, I've I've just gotten through the first episode, which was tense. Um yes. yeah, I'm glad much. they started like at the end and are going back. Yeah. Um, but it is it is intense. Um, and a lot of reviews have said, you know, there was another way to do the show without sort of like the common tropes of displaying how cruel. Yeah, horrible this man was to his victims. So it's definitely a yellow light for me. I'm going to get back to it, but it was, it's not going to be one I'm going to try to rush through at any means. Yeah, because it's, it's a heavy, it's heavy content for real. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then we got a trailer for the Midnight Club. This is a new series from. Uh, same guy that did Haunting on Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and Midnight Mass. Um, I believe his name is Mac Mike Flanagan. Yeah. And this is based on the books by Christopher Pike. 
Um, he was sort of like R.L. Stein. Uh, his series of horror film, his series of horror books for teenagers. Um, but this one settles on a group of kids who all live at a like hospice home for teenagers with terminal cancer or illnesses. Yeah. Wow. And since they're sort of facing inevitable death, some of the teens group together and call themselves the Midnight Club and tell scary stories. Um, but I think eventually these stories start to become true. It's a very interesting concept. Yeah. Um, and the lead is a black girl, so I'm definitely interested in to see how that turns out. Yeah, that could be good. Yes. Um, then over at HBO, HBO Max, today we got the first teaser for HBO's adaptation of the best-selling video game, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a uh, movie is set in the future after the United States sort of falls under sort of like dystopian uh, apocalypse uh, where infectious disease has turned humans into sort of flesh-eating creatures um, and a man is tasked with taking a girl across country because she may be the only hope to save humanity. It stars Pedro Pastel and Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Um, comes next year, but this is highly anticipated. Um, it's from Craig Magson, who did Chernobyl, so people are definitely invested in this series. Uh, and then I watched the industry finale. Please renew the show, HBO. <laughs> Please renew the show. It's so good. Like, I did not expect it to become such a interesting watch. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we also got the trailer over at Hulu for Hellraiser. Um, I never knew what these movies were about. Yeah. I just... oh. Yeah, no, they okay, so like a, a little background. The oh god, what are they called? It's it's about like these interdimensional like demons. It's a really strange premise, but they have a name that I can't think of. All I know is Pinhead. Yes, yeah. That's that's the most important part. <laughs> so yeah, I watched the trailer and was just sort of like it looks as if this was like a predecessor to sort of sort of the saw type. Right. Yeah. And you could see that because what they're out, they're out for, for, for blood for people and they kind of like torture them. As you see, he opens that, he plays that little device and it pokes his head. And once the blood hits the little maze thing, then they're like on them until they get them. So it's kind of like they're hunting them down. It's, it's really interesting. And from what I read is that they're going to stick as close as possible to the um, kind of like original like novel and script and everything. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, this time, Pinhead will be played by Jamie Clayton, which would be very interesting given sort of the uh, sort of eroticism that is in the lore of the film. Yeah. But uh, uh, Clive Barker was gay so for people that were like oh this show is doing too much or it's going to pc like no not even a little bit like the original one doesn't have maybe the eroticism but it's very it they're pretty much walking around in like latex and and bondage clothing the whole film so right yeah and this cast looks very interesting we've got uh goran vizdik from er fame in it uh, Haman, Hiam Abbas from Succession and uh, Rami. So it should be interesting. I definitely never seen this movie before because no, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'll definitely tune into that. Um, over at Prime, let's see. I watched the series Send Help, um, and it had its finale. It's only seven episodes. It, it was pretty good. Um, a dramedy of sorts about a Haitian immigrant who's made it big in Hollywood until his show gets canceled and sort of him sort of grappling with what to do next, all while he's sort of not dealing with the trauma of losing his brother um, to gun violence years ago. So 
Yeah. It was pretty decent. Uh, over at Disney Plus, we had the premiere of Andor. Not just because Rogue One is like one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Right. This show is amazing. Okay. Um, Diego Luna yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming back as casting Andor, set five years before the events of the film, and it sort of shows how this common thief um, and hater of the Empire uh, become sort of like the sort of like a uh, martyr in the resistance. Um, also stars Stellan Starsgard, um, Genevieve O'Reilly, uh, Fiona Shaw. It's just an amazing cast. Um, and the first three episodes premiered last Wednesday definitely uh, gives you spy uh, thriller action, which is totally different from what we've gotten from Star Wars on screen. Um, and it's by the guy who did the Born Supremacy films or Born Identity films. So it definitely gives you that sort of uh, stealth spy feeling. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty decent. I give it the green lights. And then we get to regular TV. Um, did you are you caught up on Atlanta? Because I still have to watch last week's episode. I watched, hold on, let me try to remember it. So we discussed the one where they're at the mall, and then last week was why is it slipping from my mind? I I started but wasn't able to finish it. It was something with the young white avatar. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. So um this episode focuses heavily on like Paperboy and what happens is that he kind of meets like some old heads in the hip hop game and well he's performing he gets out of performance and this young boy's dad who he, I guess Paperboy's performing at his birthday party comes up to him and it's like you know I'll I'll pay you to kind of sponsor not sponsored but let my kids shadow you so he can pick up your bravado pick up you know kind of your who you are and what you do and paper boy's like nah but then he says i'll give you a million dollars so fast forward and this turns into this whole thing about how rap now is like you know kind of gangly white boys that do this thing and behind them are the beat makers and behind them are the people that actually have rap history and experience and mm. but they all give it a go, and it, it's really interesting. It, it, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Okay, I'll definitely get into it. I think I was just tired when it yeah. came on. I think I'll have to watch it next day, because the commercials definitely make it rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have the premiere of ABC's hit comedy, Emmy-winning Abbott Elementary. Um, love that the series is back for season two. Great first episode to return. Um, Janine is sort of like being a new person, has new focus as a teacher, um, but she's sort of ignoring the fact that she's still sort of down at, uh, about her breakup from her longtime boyfriend. And we see that sort of like affects her throughout the day as they prepare to have development day with the teachers and staff. Um, but definitely a, a great show. And I'm excited to see what a whole 22 episode order looks like. So it was good. Um, I watched uh, The Cleaning Lady over at Fox. Okay. Um, crazy premiere uh, for the second season. Was not expecting this. I thought the season, um, the way last season ended, I thought this season would prolong that plot. Where yeah. where our lead is like searching for her son, but that's not what happened at all. So I don't know where we go from here. Um, but I'm definitely interested. And then um late, what day was that? I forget, but late at night on Twitter, it was announced that we're gonna get the trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's next film the next day, and we did. Uh, it's entitled Knock at the Cabin. Um, stars David Batista. Um, trying to think who else is in this movie. But basically, a gay couple and their young daughter are at a cabin. When they hear a knock at the door, 
And Batista and two other people enter and say that um, basically they have to kill one of them to, in order to save humanity. Um, it's set for a February 3rd release next year, but the cast is David Batista, Rupert Grant, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, uh, Abby Quinn, and Nikki Amuka Bird. Um, it looks interesting, but all his films look interesting until right, right. they hit. Yeah, because something always falls apart. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she says while vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents were taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Conf confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world. The family must decide what they believe before all is lost. So definitely an interesting concept. The trailer is chilling. Um, but we'll have to see exactly what happens with that. Yeah. That brings us to our pick six. Uh, what were the standouts for you this past week? Uh, definitely um, Abbott Elementary. I thought that was really funny and just kind of interesting to see how um, it picked up from last season. I thought this was a, a really good episode of how she kind of um, has, has these struggles. She tried to put on this brave face of, oh, I'm doing this and I'm okay. And then obviously she's not. So right. There's that. Um, I would give another one to Reservation Dogs. I think that was a really good one. Uh, like you said, that it was a very deep and touching episode, and they really do put some like tear jerker type themes in there, and I thought this was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then one maybe that I didn't mention, but I did watch, is that on PBS, um, the Ken Burns documentary about the Holocaust and kind of America's reaction mm -hmm. to it um, came on, and it was even trending at one point because there's just it was like, how do I say this? You you know that obviously we knew what was going on and everything, but it was just kind of nuts to uh, to see it because America was in a horrible spot when the Nazis were coming to kind of power and everything. And it, it was really interesting, but I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. I would agree with you. Reservation Dogs continues to deliver each week. Um and we'll be discussing the season finale already on the next episode. I can't believe it's, it's gone that fast. And it's been renewed for a third season. So yeah. it will return. Uh, Andor is up there. Amazing series. Something totally different from what we're used to in Star Wars. So hopefully it keeps up. It, it really focuses on the commoner's experience under Imperial rule. Um, and surprisingly it speaks to a lot of stuff that's happening today. Like it's very topical. So I, I don't know why I do this, but some reason I, when I watch Star Wars, I think of that it's happened like in the past, but it's the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I just do that because they're old films, but I have to remind myself like, this is the future. Like. Not the past, but right, right. But history repeats itself clearly. Uh, and then my final, um, I have to give it to industry. That finale yeah. really took me back, and I, I'm hoping that it gets a third season because the actors are doing a great job on that little bitty show on HBO Max. So, before we get out of here, we're shooting for the weekend. Um, a lot of stuff I just need to catch up on. Uh, maybe I'll knock out City on the Hill, um, kind of catch up on industry, and I think that's what I'll do. And other than that, not too much, just that and probably try to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Intergalactic, I want to get into that this week. And I've, I've got to watch uh, the comedy Mo on Netflix. Uh, yeah. um, people say that's really good and it's only eight episodes so I think I'll try to knock that out uh, Friday we get uh, Rami season three 
um, on Hulu. And on the 27th, we would be getting Reasonable Doubt. This is a new series on Hulu, uh, part of their Onyx Collective that sort of concentrates on content from Black creators. That's a legal drama, so I'll be tuning into that. I want to try to get into Tehran uh, on Apple TV. Oh, yeah. I've heard it might be, he might get renewed for a third season, so I definitely want to get to the second season. I watched some of the first episode, but I couldn't. Couldn't get into it at the moment. And then on the 30th, um, Shudder has a docu-series entitled Queer for Fear, Queer for Fear, um, sort of investigates the history of queerdom in horror. So um, I attended a panel about that at the ATX TV Festival, and I'm excited to see the finished product. Um, It was uh, produced by Brian Fuller of Hannibal fame, so I'm definitely interested in that. All right, we thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Streamer Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Uh, if you like what you hear, please share, rate, and review the podcast with others and be tuned in for next week's episode. Until then, stream for your life. Peace.